So, Andy. Yeah? I have a question for you. Hit me. If we can't make a podcast for over three months... Two months. How do we expect politicians to fix climate change? Well, you know, these things take time, Matthew. We have to weigh the options. We have to consider the possible consequences of recording an episode uh, more often than every two months. And, uh, yeah, this is a question I'd like to come back to you. In, like... Three months' time? Not during the election cycle, Matthew. Let's deal with this next period. Uh, next question, please. Podcast Yggdrasil. And we're back. Yeah, like, here, back. My god, this this room, it, it looks familiar. Yeah, I, except it's winter now. I think I've been here before in a different time, in a different age. Matthew, we're recording a podcast again. I've been waiting. It's been a while. It's been a really long while. Two months. Yeah. Beginning of September. I remember when we did our last episode, I was like, I scheduled, like we recorded several episodes on a day, felt really good about ourselves. (laughs) And I like scheduled them a week apart. And then it was like, you got to put them up quicker because we're going to make more episodes. And I'm like... Yeah, my ego went through the roof. Like, we had like four episodes ready to go. And I was like, what am I going to do with all this free time? I mean, I mean, I guess we could release one weekly or, yeah, maybe. And yeah. Note to self, if I have more episodes, space them out a month apart. But Matthew, didn't we just have a long, long discussion about how good stuff takes a while to make? We've been hard at work in this, these two months. Right? Um, we have. <laughs> I mean... Working hard or hardly working? <laughs> let's not delve into that. The only let's... thing I've been working on is like the list of subjects that we could have had. That's Matthew, gorgeous. there's no time! No one has time! The planet doesn't have time! Bringing us to today's subject, uh, the planet has no time. Yes. The G20 Summit, Matthew, in Glasgow. It's... Uh, when did it conclude? Like yesterday, a couple of days? Yesterday, okay. Or I mean... It, it might have concluded earlier, but they had finished a statement at that point, you know, like, walked even further back than what they originally agreed to, and, you know, the casual stuff. Ugh. <laughs> I think I just summed up the entire summit in one one sound. Ugh. Yep. So, uh, another G20 summit. They discussed the, the environment, how nice the environment is, and... Uh, how we probably should have it, but, you know, money. Money is nice. Yeah. Uh, Joe Biden fell asleep discussing it. I think that should set the tone for what our leaders are willing to do about this issue. I like the fact that, you know, they had an idea, and then they're, they're like, okay, let's do this thing. And then some people went, you know, I know that, you know... That statement says that we should stop using coal plants. How about using less coal plants instead? And they were like, yeah, that's good for the environment. Uh, I think our our Norwegian prime minister probably fit in real well with that sentiment. You know, with it, he, he has really embraced the whole, ah, let's I mean, take some time to discuss this. We should really save the climate, but... Um, we would really like to continue to drill for oil because that's money so sweet. Yeah. Uh, but you said that they had a plan and then uh, walked back on it. Can you go into some detail? I mean, they probably hadn't agreed, but, you know, there was kind of like a draft that existed that, you know, the plan was to make. And uh, that draft basically said that um, 
we were going to phase out the use of coal plants. Uh, I think this, you know... Yes, this is probably not making sounds at all. Oh yeah, I, I know you turned off your mic, but it's probably mic shake from mine. That was unprofessional of you, Matthew. Around. He's reaching his hand under the table and almost touching me. Anyway, um, China and India, I think, put pressure on to, you know, changed into, you know, we should use less coal in coal plants and, you know, clean... Co I don't think they mentioned clean coal or any of that stupid shit, but... You we're going to take coal out and we're going to clean it. We're going to scrub a little bit. We're going to clean the coal. But, you know, it's, it's a good example of, like, you know, even when, you know, they have, like, made a compromise, they, they start walking backwards afterwards. So what did they end up... Uh, what, what course of action did they end up agreeing on? I mean, they decided that, you know, you know, the whole Paris Accord, probably a good thing. We should probably do something about it. It only took them, like, four years to realize that or something. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like there's nothing there, but you know, it's too little. The the, the world's burning. Yeah, <laughs> this uh, is fine. It's it's like you know, if your house is on fire, and now people have had you know a lengthy discussion, and they think that like, if you find a phone, maybe we should call the fire department. And uh, the house has been burning for the last hour. Yeah, I think the uh, I don't know the title in. In English, but you know, the General Secretary, the General Secretary of the UN, yeah, went out and said that, uh, yeah, I agree on some of the things this uh, Greta Thunberg lady is uh, talking about. And that was nice, right? <laughs> it's like standing I mean, on the precipice of an active volcano, having an eruption, and taking three big steps back. <laughs> yeah, you. A brave one forward. I mean, you. Yeah. <laughs> you took took a step back and you're still fucked when things go get serious yeah it's the how often do they have these summits is it it's not yearly i mean when they feel like it i, I, yeah, I mean it, they probably no, have it there's no set uh set schedule is it no and i mean they, they talk about different things this was you know a climate themed one but you know they they tend to mostly focus on like economics or you know if there's you know, other big things like, you know, the... Is there a final solution to this I Palestine mean, problem? <laughs> I mean, I bet somebody could make some argument about less humans means less CO2. You know the saddest part about the world ending like this, Matthew? The saddest part isn't the, the globe burning around us. It's the fact that just by making, making a slight Nazi joke like that, the final solution bit, you can't really make those jokes anymore because... There are too many people who are serious. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, sure, it's always been a sensitive, you know, sensitive subject to joke about, but yeah, you can't wear a brown shirt anymore. <laughs> Just, you know, to be safe. Yeah. It's, um, Nazis. it's a weird world we live in. I thought they were... Remember when those when, when Nazis were just a problem in Call of Duty games? Ah, uh, yeah. Mm. And, and like zombie movies. Yeah, some and they parodies. they had gold. Mm. Nazi gold. It's like I, I watched um, fuck what was it called the the Red no Notice movie on uh, Netflix the other day. Oh yeah. And like they have the Ryan Reynolds movie. Yeah, yeah, they have like kind of like a set piece where they're like in a Nazi bunker where like with like lots of hidden artifacts and it's like, huh? Remember when like 
we used to look at it indeed like you know indiana jones they existed back in the time kind yeah, of way those and were the days walking in our streets <laughs> remember when nazis were just in movies <laughs> uh the only list of nazis you would see would be the cast list on a movie now they're <laughs> elected officials fuck but uh, the subject isn't the fall of the american empire it's the fall of the world like we said the world are ending in multiple ways the world is ending uh, grammar nazi whoop whoop now that's a nazi that hasn't gone away <laughs> sadly that's the one kind of nazi i want to stay and we're cancelled uh, okay but yeah the g20 summit uh i guess the quick way to s- how would you quickly summarize the g20 summit because to me it's i mean it, it would be we have decided to do very little we need you know, to like, do a lot, but we're gonna do very little. In like, I think like 1990 or some shit like that, there were like a climate meeting in, I think like Japan. I can't remember like which city if it was Kyoto. Oh, Kyoto. And, you know, they decided that like, you know, hey, this is bad. We should probably do stuff. And it kind of feels like, you know, the meeting they had now it was kind of like, yeah. Doing stuff is probably a smart solution, <laughs> uh, and you know it's it's kind of these weird things when like these meetings are held. So, you know, as you said, you know years go by. So there are new elected official, like our new prime minister was here this time around, and it kind of feels like you know all the new people coming into the room, agreeing that you know yeah, you know those same people back when that talked last time, they were onto something. We should do things, but just like those same people. Let's uh, let's let future leaders do the bunt of the work, mm. and uh, this leads us to you know the interesting part of discussing that you know a certain Swedish girl ain't too thrilled with what's going on. Yeah, uh, Greta Thunberg has been getting some renewed attention. I mean, she's been I mean she's been a central name in the you know the whole uh, global warming discussion since she became famous and uh, but yeah this time i mean the first time she you know appeared and made a name for herself i think most people thought she was doing something good and the people who didn't think so they knew to shut the fuck up <laughs> they knew that hey talking against a girl who's just looking for us to take care of the environment. That, that's a bad look. So You have obviously not looked into the Kambelfelds uh, under <laughs> certain web applications. No, no, but those are the deplorables, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I, but I, 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 th- still... I thought we realized that like they are the majority of the population. But the thing is, she was also technically a child. I mean, she's 18 now, right? She's an adult. She is legal. Yeah, she's a legal adult. Uh, at that time, she was a child. So whilst people are still garbage and still treated her like shit, you know, the people who didn't like what she was saying, they still had the silk gloves on. They didn't go full bore in their attacks. Now people have had a few years to, you know, digest the persona of Greta Thunberg, and she's, I think in a lot of people's minds, she's transformed from being a child with a good, with a, Maybe not a good, but... Golden heart. She's gone from being a child with a controversial but forceful and well-meant message to being more of a figurehead. Yeah. Yeah. She isn't really just Greta who's 
protesting and looking for change. Now she's Greta Thunberg TM, <laughs> the trademark. And people are much more comfortable attacking an adult and much more com comfortable attacking an idea. And I think Greta Thunberg has become a little bit more of an idea to people. I would agree, even though I, I still remember like people attacking her as a child. Yeah, sure. Claim, claiming that like you know her parents made her say this. Yeah, she's being coached. And, this yeah, is well, not yeah, her of course. Doing. Uh, also, at the same time, they made sex dolls of her, so that was like not weird at all. Yeah, and they pl really played up the Asperger's bits. It's Asperger's she has, right? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> like, like <laughs> yeah, I think so. You, I. If you hadn't told me she had Asperger's, I probably never would have noticed. But yeah, people still attacked her for that. Poor little... But uh, I, I think, you know, the main thing that's happened was that, like, you know, when all this started, what, like, three, four years ago? I think so, yeah. She was like, you know, at least a cute three. mascot. She was like, you know, hey, look at the people of tomorrow caring about our world. Oh, look, the little kids. While the grown-ups are talking. Mm. And uh, now she has realized that... She's not gonna shut the fuck up. People have realized. I mean, but they as well, she... but like, her rhetoric is, I mean, it's always been somewhat hard, but before it was like hard and endurable, and you could like, you know, turn her volume down when she was done and, you know, clap very loud and pretend like you were gonna do something. There was like, I think the biggest way to say that there's been change into her, and she might disagree with me saying this, but... It used to be hope in her words. Now it's anger. Yeah, back then it was, uh, I mean, it was an angry plea, but it was still a plea for, you know, please listen to us and please do something. You need to do something. Now it's become, you fucking assholes, you're not doing anything. And, and I mean, her, like, you summed up the meeting, you know, with your, bleh, hmm. in the opening. She summed up on Twitter, like, it was basically how she read everything going down, and she just writes blah blah blah, and it's kind of become her new catchphrase lately. And I mean, it's kind of true. I mean, it's not inaccurate. Blah blah blah. That's that's what they're. I mean, yeah. I'm not gonna go into it because I don't think any reasonable, honest person is gonna try to claim that anything substantial was done and during mean, that meeting. Some people have liked her, other people have not. But the really interesting thing we see right now is that. The media, who's like talked about her as brave and an important voice of the future, now she's divisive. They're turning on her. Yeah, because I mean, it's cute when a kid stands up and holds a little sign. It's you know so big, your her arms are shaking, and oh, she's adorable. <laughs> she wants a future. She wants to go to school, but now she's an adult and she wants actual proper action, and she's a legal adult who can demand that action. In a in an adult way, it's kind of like you know, and that's not cool. When I mean, we don't need adults. When your kid gets a bit older, like at some point, if we watch like still movies on TV, like not just streaming them and shit in the future, he will like you know at one point make a really good argument why he should be able to be up late and watch the movie, mm. and you'll be like, "Huh, you're so smart. Now go back to sleep." Mm. And uh, we kind of reached a point where like the kid in the scenario is like. Yeah, I am sleeping. Mm. And uh, I also feel like a really interesting thing about her rhetoric is that she's... I mean, there, there's always been a certain amount of, like, social justice in the way she talks about things because, I mean, the whole climate 
change and you know surviving for people kind of links to that debate people can relate but she's lately started with a rhetoric that talking about you know how this affect people's differently how you know some people are rich and how some people are poor and she started to touch on some I'm not saying issues. I'm not saying that they wouldn't have turned on her on this point anyhow but it's interesting that like the more she started talking about economic difference and you know inequalities that you know that was suddenly when all the like I heard like three times during this weekend different programs on like you know radio like talking about you know is she going too far is she you know like the amount of talk about just her and her rhetoric and if she's not the one we used to think she was is astonishing you know who Greta Thunberg reminds me of no. Ber- Bernie Sanders ah. because he's another person that people and the media that the media likes to you know pull up and you know, when he's not doing too well in the polls, at least. Yeah, I mean, it's cute when he when you when you show an old clip of him being arrested as uh, as a young person, you know, standing up for black people's rights during the civil rights movement, uh, or when he's lambasting someone when he's you know really tearing someone a new one on the speaker floor of the Senate. Yeah, that's cute, but when he ran for president and you know actually won the first two states and looked like he might actually. Have a shot. Have a shot at becoming the candidate. Uh, they turn on him immediately, and this reminds me of that. Yeah. Because the word controlled opposition comes to mind. You you want someone like Greta Thunberg who says what the opposite. I mean, when I say the opposition, I mean the opposition, the people who are in opposition to. What should I say? The status quo. Yeah, the status quo. The billionaire class. I mean. I love Shane hey, Bernie. Yeah. Uh, so having Greta Thunberg, the child, you know, doing her thing, that's cute. It's it's cool. Yeah, you can do that. People, people are more. I think she got more attention for being a kid saying the things she did than she did for the things she was saying. But now she's an adult, and we can't have that anymore. So you see much more criticism like this. And people, her generation, are listening to her. Are they though? I mean. I would say yeah, but it's. But uh, it's, why it's, are you it, saying it, it, that? It's like, always been. Where are you getting that impression? I'm getting the impression that you know, she's not doing this on her own. No, but, but I would argue that you know, people, young people are always way more uh, willing to fight for the climate than older people for some reason. Like yeah. when you see, you know, we have different, uh, you know groups fighting for the climate or just nature things in general in Norway and if you think about them like the the, the the people coming into your mind you know they're not like 50 year old they're like late youths uh, people in university maybe so it's like it's that age bracket so teens I, 20s and 30s so I would say the fact that you know like that people are listening to her you know that's expected because you know she's one of them yeah but why do you say people are turning on her i mean why do you say young people are turning on her oh oh, i don't mean they're, they're turning on her i mean they're listening to her and taking her seriously oh okay oh you went the opposite of her. So, okay so you know because like, no, yeah that, that's my because, impression you know, too that when when you know thunberg was you know one girl traveling around 
speaking like hey i'm here speaking on behalf of the children and they were like oh you're here metaphorically talking about children and now they're like there's a mob of angry children outside i want to take this conversation somewhere dangerous Ooh, that sounds fun yeah you might not think so i mean we already got cancelled twice this podcast i think with a nasty thing so uh, yeah i mean that's right isn't that how it works if you get ca- cancelled thrice you undo it <laughs> i think that's so yeah you you did it once got cancelled you did it again got uncancelled oh shit we gotta ah i gotta do it a fourth time to, you know to uh, anyway we we'll manage uh, i say dangerous because terrorism <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> because in a video game <laughs> yeah i mean we spent 20 minutes now talking about, you know, what's being done, which is nothing. Uh, how the people demanding action are being treated, which is with hostility and propaganda. And so I ask you, what do we do? Because we are still at a point where most of our leaders are people who, to varying degrees, will not feel the full effects of the consequences of not dealing with global warming. I mean, here in Norway, we have quite young leaders compared to many other countries. But many of the most important countries uh, in this debate, they are led by older people or just people who, I don't know, will go to space (laughs) when shit goes down. Uh, But my point is, nothing's being done. And right now we're hurtling towards a point where we can't correct the shit that's going wrong. And, you know, the, I mean, I want to say our generation, I mean, we're both 31 and uh, I still consider myself part of the young generation. Oh, you poor boomer. (laughs) I'm not a boomer. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you and all the boomers. Last time I checked, you had a kid. (laughs) Yeah, we're not boomers. Boomers are different. Boomers own things. Motherfucker, you own things. You're more, you're more of a boomer than me. You actually own your apartment. Ooh, I'm a landowner. <laughs> but Far my point is... 1%. But my point is, uh, at this point, how, how long... <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I need to be careful about how I put this so I don't endorse terrorism. But how long are people going to accept the status quo before they turn to simply removing forcefully the people responsible for maintaining it? I mean, it, Our political leaders, I mean, the younger generation that we're talking about, that the ignore, I mean, uh, there's... Um, the, the silent the uh, generation. Yeah, there's the silent generation, there's the forgotten generation. I mean, there, there are a bunch of generations with, you know, yeah. titles on them. Uh, and I think our generation or the next one might be referred to or could be referred to as the ignored generation. That's better than Zoomers. And I'm having, I mean, I'm a teacher. Uh, so I'm around kids all day. And discussing the environment and what's happening is very, very difficult because... It's complex shit. It's complex, but it's also very simple because... When they ask me, hey, hey, Andy, uh, all this, uh, I mean, we do a lot of environmental projects and stuff in school, and but, I mean, it seems like things aren't being done to fix things. Are, are we going to be okay? 
And when they ask me that, I can't honestly tell them yes. I I don't I don't have a good answer for them. And I'm how long can that go on before someone turns to violence? Because if you know that if you do nothing, shit will go terribly. Like I have a son now. He's almost a year old. And like if he push me if he push me far enough, I would do some heinous shit to protect him and his future. And he's too young right now to do anything himself. But I mean, there's me. There's the generation baby but, terrorists. Yeah, but and then then there's the generation, you know, the generation I'm teaching in school. You think that's a poopy pants? It's a bomb. But what's gonna happen when they yeah, when when what's when my students, they're like eleven and yeah, eleven years old now. When they become seventeen, eighteen, when they enter their twenties and the world is burning around them. Are we going to start seeing, you know, assassinations of world leaders? Are we go- are we going to see eco-terrorism? And even more importantly, I think, are we going to be able to, in good conscience, say that it's wrong? Like, I, I know this is, you know, a really controversial thing to say, and it's, oh, but it's you know, we're, it's we're balancing a, on a knife's edge, but... It's the classical one man's terrorist is the other man's freedom fighter. Yeah. And I think if I get can, you know... Ignore the subject for a bit. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting that, because like I said, when we were Greta's age, most people our age cared a lot about the environment. And it's not like I have all of those people in the room, but it seems like people, if not stop caring, that, you know, the, the way to act or the will to act isn't there in the needed amount there's definitely a group of people who are um you know the, the hardcore activists that are doing things you know the kind of you know they might not all be called greta thunberg but well i think she, she isn't the only one but to, to to get to another point here i can't remember like you know sometimes maybe it was this spring i was about to say this fall but it's fall now so who knows but this year uh, there was this, um, you know, uh, group fighting for the environment that you know made some way headlines. I'm trying to remember the name. Like my, <laughs> do you know which part of the world they were? Oh, in? They were like... in Norway as well. Oh, okay. Like my my brain wants to say extinction curse, but that's a Pathfinder module. <laughs> okay. Uh, but it's like extinction something. I think. Yeah, I, yeah, it rings a bell. And yeah, you know, something. they they did some some good old proper you know civil disobedience they blocked traffic in here they uh, they shut down so it was hard to get home with the trains they they did several things and you know there were some people that were mad and called for the cops to be called and the effect they had was kind of small i think extinction rebellion rebellion of course and you know there's they're not just in norway they're they're they've been acting in in london and you know many other places as well uh, and we need things like that to hit people in the face. And I think, you know, be- before you go violent in any way, you know, just hitting people in effective ways are. Oh, I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm not. I'm not laying down a game plan. I'm just saying. I don't. Know, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, this is the eventual outcome. I, I just mean in the sense that, uh, 
Because I'll be honest, if I have to choose between, you know, preserving the life of a few people on top who have gotten rich off ignoring the future of our children, <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> getting a hunter, hunter's license and, you know, making sure they never speak I mean, again. They don't I mean, call it a hunter's license for nothing. <laughs> I mean, like, if I have to make that choice, I will happily go the darker way. I mean, yeah. I won't shed a tear over these people. I don't want us to go there. And I know this is this sounds really heinous. I mean, it is. <laughs> Murdering people for this shit, that's not how shit... We, we are fully capable of changing for the better without anyone dying. The only consequence, if we do this responsibly, would be to, you know, a few people... Like, 0.0.0.01% of people would I, feel this consequence. I think, ironically here, that there's a problem with the the activists. I mean, it's not necessarily a problem with them, but, like, I feel that if you look at environmentalists in Norwegian history, and, I mean, probably Scandinavians as well, but maybe, maybe this is, like, really wrong compared to, like, rest of Europe or the West or other places, but... It's just struck me now, so I'm, I'm going to say it out, that they're really good at civil disobedience when it comes Wait, to uh, environmental activists. Okay, yeah. When it comes to specific actions, as in, like, let's say that there's going to be built a dam somewhere or, like, a bridge that they don't approve of because it's going through, you know, uh, important land. They're very good at, you know, doing hard-hitting, uh, you know, you know, put putting themselves in... I mean, not in harm's way, but... You know, lockdowns. But, you know, police have to remove them. Civil disobedience. They're doing very good things, but, you know, there's always for a specific thing. And I think finding a specific thing dealing with global warming has felt, you know... It just ended up becoming... Such a huge issue. Much more, you know, traditional, let's, you know, walk in a line and then speak in front of the parliament and then you know you need you need something that hits more that makes more noise in people's lives because as i said yeah i agree the activists are acting but and and i'm not going to say they're not even growing but there's such a big class of people who doesn't care an important lesson i think from i mean we haven't really spoken too much about the norwegian election but a really interesting thing is that at the start of the Norwegian election debate cycle, uh, the UN report came out talking about how we were fucked. Yeah. And it was realized very quickly that, you know, pretty much every single debate throughout this will talk about the climate. And it was. And uh, we have a different number of parties in Norway that care a decent amount about the climate, and we have some some parties that pretend to care and we have some parties that doesn't give a single fuck and the interesting part is that the winners of these debates i mean sure all of the parties that are you know the hardest line on the climate did well but i would argue that the people saying that you know yeah climate is important and all but we need to continue with this oil business they did better and I find it scary to seeing that, you know, when it was given this much space to talk about, people, you know, the average Joe, your Joe Mama, so to speak, uh, she's she's not convinced yet. Yeah, I think... Uh, she really doesn't like Greta Thunberg for some no. reason. 
Yeah, I agree. And uh, yeah, uh, we've spoken quite a few times about a certain family me- family member of mine. I mean, several fam- family members of mine. And uh, sadly, they are a good representation of the average Norwegian, I think. And, you know, the average Joe in general. And I think when it comes to the environment, you, you said something about, you know, needing a specific target for something. And yeah. I think that's I think you're hitting the nail on the head with that because uh, like you know f- for a lot of people this whole global warming thing it's just two words global warming they aren't thinking of specific things like you know oceans heating up uh, the gul- the gulf stream uh, turning around uh, crops failing floods they aren't think yeah that relative of mine that we're talking about if you talk about global warming she doesn't the specific consequences of it don't don't enter her mind. And so I think making more pinpointed strikes, so to say, so to speak, uh, when it comes to, you know, the activism. Uh, yeah, like you said, we've been good at specific interventions into specific issues yeah. and specific and situations. I, I think also having, you know, clearer, you know, targeted things makes it easier to make, you know, a lot of the climate demonstration that has been you know that's been like you know people marching through the streets you know having slogans shouting and you know they get some news coverage that we've seen and you know they're there but you know it's kind of like you know when the whole black lives matter thing that happened last year you know everybody went out they marched they felt good about themselves but like you're not doing shit like people were marching here and at the same time you know a black norwegian in a Norwegian uh, police station were like beaten up for doing things within his rights. Dude, he was strangled and, and shit. <laughs> Not to death, but still. you know, it wasn't even spoken about. Like you would, you would expect that to like create a reaction. And I think that you know the the average going through the street, you know, like you know, the same you know we have on the Women's Day every day. We we go marching. There's I'm not saying it's, it's very a, vague. I'm not saying it's people. a bad thing, but it's almost kind of like you know a cathartic thing that like you know the same way that like you know during a couple of weeks ago here in Norway every year we have like you know a big charity event where like people go around collecting money and like everybody feels so good about themselves because like we did charity shit. Yeah, and it's kind of like that. You didn't do anything. You just like performed yourself. And what yeah, we need, I get do- what you mean. What we need doing is you know. A, something more specific, something we can make fighting things about, but also make specific civil disobedience about because it needs to hurt. And I don't mean like in physically terms or, you know, blowing shit up. I mean... Inconveniences. You need to seriously yeah. inconvenience people. And just to jump on that, because you, you mentioned Black Lives Matter. And uh, I think you're absolutely right that when people... If you ask any random person on the street, most of them, if you ask them, uh, hey... What was the Black Lives Matter thing about? What did they want? The the people protesting, what did they want? I think most people would only be able to say that, uh, yeah, they wanted black people and minorities to be treated more fairly by police. But that's not it. They had a very specific... I mean, the Black Lives Matter movement had a very specific set of demands. They had, re- they had s- sat down and carved out some really specific demands. I don't have them in front of me right now, but it was really specific. We want this and this and this. I mean, uh, and uh, a civilian oversight committee was one thing. Um, uh, 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 mandatory, you know, um, 
uh, cameras on uh, police officers. Yeah. That they had very specific w- w- more stuff. More training in non-violent solutions. It, yeah, and but the thing is, that didn't get enough attention. What got attention was that people are hitting the streets. They want black people to be treated fairly. That's what people remember. So even even though the movement itself had sat down and done done the work they need to do, it didn't reach people. It got lost in all the other stuff. And so, like you said, in order for this to reach, because the environmental movement, they have specific shit they want to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, carbon tax, for example, uh, you know, just general reduction in emissions, uh, no more oil. These are specific things we want to do. You could do them tomorrow and shit would change. The problem is it gets lost in the ether, in the fog. So that's why I agree completely with you that we need to, don't get me wrong, but we need to hurt people. We need to inconvenience ourselves and our fellow man. We need to start doing civil disobedience that will annoy and make people stop and think. When we do that, the specific issues will come more clearly through, Clearly through, I think. I mean, the scary thing is that like, the right is so much better on this, not in the terms of climate, but they're like, every time something bad happens, they're like, oh, that happens because of immigrants. Oh yeah, the, the dirty or, immigrants coming here, stealing our jobs. Like, every time there's like something that could kick your fear or like, you know, make you, you know, question things, they immediately take it and pull it back to one of their own talking points. Did you know refugees hate the sun? Did you know the sun is necessary for humanity to live? What do you take away from this, Matthew? Do refugees hate humanity? And I mean, that's how they managed to do, you know, these weird things where they're like, you know, oh yeah, um, the reason why uh, all this bad thing is happening is because the rich people had too much taxes. Yeah. And somehow they, they make people want to cut the taxes. If only these people were allowed to, you know, produce val- uh, uh, what are they? Uh, uh, job creation. <laughs> yeah. I can't say without laughing because it's so fucking stupid. But if only these people were allowed to, you know, produce more value and contribute more by hoarding more of their insane wealth, that would fix things. Uh, do you know what we need, Matthew? <laughs> change we need change sure but we don't need obama change get out of here with that that's true yeah kenyan refugees or whatever what was the country they said he was born in again kenya kenya okay yeah i mean technically it was hawaii but you know <laughs> yeah well hawaii that's basically hawaii, a foreign kenya, nation what's the difference? did you know there's a the, apparently you know all the q heads the q anons yeah all the retards believing in q anon uh, apparently, a lot of them think Hawaii has become independent and is now a kingdom again. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's the new Finland doesn't exist. Uh, but what do you, do you know mean what? Finland? There's no Finland. <laughs> yeah. There's never been a Finland. <laughs> what Finland? What is this? <laughs> but you know what we really need, and I mean, it makes me sick to say it, but do you know what we need? We need Donald Trump. Like the pro. Pro-nature Donald Trump? We need the light side version, the eco-friendly Donald Trump. Uh, I'm not sure such a thing exists. That felt bad to say. Uh, But seriously, uh, I think that's what we need. Because just, I mean, he did a lot of shit over the last few years. He's still doing a lot of shit. He has dragged humanity down as a species by several points overall. 
But he has done some shit that could be called impress. I mean, you have to call. I, I mean, you, you gotta admit that the way he has just captured several I mean, hundreds of millions of people. Gotta give him credit for like at least some of the Nazis. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, he's terrible. He's the worst human being I I can think of. Like, uh, when you mix... Yeah, he's the one that gets the most attention. But yeah, he's he's a serious... He's a, he's a depraved person. Like, on a personal level. And I've has... seen your internet history. <laughs> <laughs> the things I've seen, the horrors. But seriously, he's one of the worst people. I, 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 don't, I can't think of a single, you know, um, positive thing to say about him. But... What he's done really, really well is capture people. All the people on the far right. All, I won't, we, we shouldn't even call it far right because most of the people who are voting for Trump in the USA, I'm not comfortable placing them on any part of the political spectrum because they are, they are the political ch- uh, equivalent of children. Blind children. Children who have been dropped and shaken a lot. But yeah, they aren't far right, these people. They, they aren't anything. They aren't left or right. They're just really impressionable children. And Some of them even 80 years old. But the thing is, he has taken these people who have had no, no real interest in politics, no real interest in participating, and he has lit a fire under their ass, and he's gotten them on their feet. And that's no small feat in itself, getting all those, all those diabetes-ridden people on their feet. He's gotten them moving. He's gotten them active. I mean, sure, he's created a nation of, uh, yeah, 30% terrorists. But, yeah, he's gotten them active. And what we really need is a Donald Trump, is a eco-friendly version of Donald Trump. We need someone who can grab people like he does, who makes them angry like he does, and who spurs them into action like he does. It sickens me to say, but we need that energy. We need that. Yeah, yeah we need that level of interaction with Hopefully people. Hopefully, a certain Swede can carry that burden. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, it, it is funny you, you say that because I've, I've actually like, I have a list of like episodes, like I said earlier, that we should do. And mm-hmm. one of the ones I've written up is like how the right turns, you know, seemingly inconsequential stuff into stuff that makes people care about their politics that doesn't have to do anything with those things they you know get them angry about in the first place. No, I mean, you get them angry about feeling below people. I mean, feeling looked down on. You need to get them angry. He, he got them angry about, uh, you know, being mis... He blamed a lot of mistreatment on, uh, well, <laughs> the left, or yeah. what do you want to call his opposition. And everything is in place for us to do the same with the younger generation. The people in their teens and 20s and 30s right now, we can prime them the same way towards a good purpose. But to be honest, that purpose has to involve, you know, offensive action. And I know it sounds like I'm mobilizing an army here, but that's basically what we're going to do. I mean, it's a fight. Yeah, I mean, because at this point, the people at the helm, the people steering the the ship of humanity... They aren't interested in avoiding the iceberg. <laughs> they, they are perfectly comfortable just running us straight into a wall, dooming us all. 
And at that point, you got to launch a mutiny. And uh, yeah, we... I think one of the biggest problems... That mutiny has to take shape. When you got to try to do it, <laughs> do it through the, you know, the mechanisms that are in place. But Trump did it. I mean, sure, he cheated a bit, but we can do that. I think one of the things that makes this fight Not so cheap, hard uh, is the fact that the uh, the upper class so to speak has been really good at infiltrating the the climate movement yeah and they did so i mean for the entirety of our life the focus on climate has always been about what can you do to save the climate yeah that, that's how they to, fucking I need to won. turn off my mic Ugh, i hate it so much matthew I'm so sick of hearing that. I think it's... <laughs> I'm back. And, uh, I'm sorry, but I'm so sick of hearing that, Matthew. <sighs> that's the genius stroke, because that means that all the prices have to be paid. They have to be paid to you. Yeah, you have to make the effort. Which make a lot of people way less likely to want to pay them. Yeah, because they... they make a lot of people more annoyed. And... Uh, the problem is the climate organizations, not necessarily the activists, but you know, the organizations, they know that like, if they cut ties, if they go out and say, you know, fuck this individual responsibility, there's one planet, we can't play this fucking game. It's not about just the people. They're gonna be cut off. And they're, you know, it's kind of like, you know, we've been talking about the news media, like, They've been afraid if they tell the truth too truthfully sometimes, they're not going to be able to speak with the most important sources, and they don't want that to happen. Yeah. And that's essentially something we need. We need something to... Like, I don't want to divide for a divide's sake, but, you know, very, very... I don't want to use the word privileged people, because let's not use privilege here, because it's not privilege, it's being rich. And these rich people, you know, they've been talking about this. They've been buying expensive cars with less emissions. They've been, uh, you know, maybe getting solar panels. But, you know, they can do all these things. And then they can talk about how we probably should be doing something in the future. But let's not forget, we also need to create more jobs and economic prosperity. And that has been allowed to be at the forefront of all of this when a lot of businesses are at fault for so much of the things we need to change. More than 70% of our emissions are caused by less than 100 companies. This is an industrial problem. Sure, we can fly less. Sure. But how often does the average person person fly? Once? Twice a year, maybe? At most? I mean, I don't think I'm far off saying that. I mean, sure, it's pandemic times, but normally. So, yeah. This isn't something that you or me or your mom or your neighbor. This isn't. This isn't. This, this isn't a problem where we have to take personal steps and make personal changes to our lives and I mean, in order to fix things. Let's let's even go further than that. Let's stop on this for a moment because you know this is a typical thing. You don't know. Maybe you and you know your girlfriend and your kid. You're like, ah, it's been a rough couple of years. Let's uh, let's do something nice. Let's. Let's go to Greece and enjoy some sun. Hmm? And then some people will say, you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't fly. You should go fuck yourself. 
But I wouldn't even go to say that, because who the fuck fault is it that you can take train straight through Europe and get there, like, easy? Yeah, like, the billionaire class. And and, you, and the entire pri- privatization of the rail you know, network. We, we've seen this as well now in Norway, with, like, you know, things becoming private. And I, I read about a guy who was, like, gonna, you know, he was gonna take the train to fly, ironically enough, because he was going home. And then... One part of like the the way was driven by one company, and the other was driven by another company, and then they had to do buses in the middle because there was some work on the train line. Yeah, it's a fucking hassle. And then he shows up, and he he's like, then because the bus is too late, he reached you know the next train, which is driven by a different company, and they're like, well, you bought a ticket with the last company, but we're not gonna take that ticket so either get the fuck off the train or you know pay this very new expensive tickets and then you know there was some new bullshit there so we didn't even make the plane so we had to buy a third train ticket that was really expensive to get home billionaires 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 at the source of every single major problem we have in this world you have billionaires like privatization and billionaires we can structure society different but there needs to be I wouldn't say political will. There needs to be political demand. Yeah. Because we're at the point where the generation that's going to be feeling the consequences of our inaction, uh, they need to take action. And sorry, but if you're not, if you're not on board, we're going to run you over. That, that's, the, that's the attitude we need, to, we need in the coming years. And yeah, it, it sucks to say, but... Fuck these people. Yeah, fuck these people. Because they are a tiny, tiny, tiny number. And they are controlling every single part of our society. And like you said, if if the railroads, uh, railroad systems and the railroad industry and you know all the uh, public transportation, uh, well, not public, but if all our modes of transportation weren't privatized to such an insane extent, we could have a, we could have an intercontinental railroad system maybe not intercontinental but we could go to space (laughs) yeah you could take the train to space (laughs) yeah but seriously you could take your mom just less than two hours ago your mom told me about uh okay that was some bitch billionaire but she was whining because she had decided to be environmentally friendly by uh going going to glasgow by train instead of flying and she was really really upset because it took her i think 12 times as much time and cost her five times as much money and wasn't even that much more environmentally friendly and she felt traumatized by it uh yeah why is that billionaires 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 i'm not i'm not gonna say that a train will be able to get you to glasgow as fast as a plane it probably won't (laughs) you know flying in a straight line will always be faster but you can build some fucking tunnels you can yeah, you can build some really badass railroad shit that can take you straight yeah. through Europe with no issue. Just look at Japan. Yeah, it's perfectly possible to do it, and we're choosing not to do it. No, we're not choosing not to do it. The billionaires are choosing not to do it. Yeah. It's bullshit. The billionaires have positioned themselves into the place where they hold the political power, and then they can choose what we prioritize. And, you know, surprise, surprise, it's profits that are being prioritized. Yeah, and... That brings me to why I brought up, you know, eco-terrorism earlier. Because first we need to mobilize mobilize the future gen- generations, the current and future generations. We need to take as much control of 
the political system as we can. But like you said, the billionaire class, they are very adept and very capable and already have, you know, succeeded to a great degree in taking full control of and infiltrating, you know, the political system and even the environmental groups, you know, that are fighting for environmental change. And so at, at some point, even if, even if you get people with, because the one advantage we do have, normal people, the working class, the one advantage we have are, is numbers. There are far more of us than there are of them. If we decided to take away everything belonging to the billionaires right now, we could do it and we could do it in a day if we mobilize together. But they're stopping us from doing that. And if it comes to it that we manage to actually overtake and you know bypass their political advantages and actually affect some political change, they're still gonna, I, I think they're gonna start assassinating people. Because yeah, that's, that's the one thing we all have in common. I was we all have one life to live. Earlier when you, you make the connection between uh, Thunberg and uh, completely forgot who you did it with. But uh, I was gonna make the connection between Thunberg and it's a bit of a stretch, but uh, Martin Luther King. Yeah, Bernie. I, yeah, Bernie. Yeah, Bernie the, did because. But yeah, Martin Luther King. I'm not gonna say he he was he was like loved and looked at as a cute guy at the times because like there was a lot of racists back then, but there was definitely a time where they were like, oh yes, they're marching, they're doing slogans and shit, and then it was he was like. We're fucking serious. Uh, yeah. we're, we're going to do hard against hard. And then, you know, it was even, you know, the later part of his life where he started about, you know, this isn't only about race. This is about economics yeah. and injustice. And that's when he became that's truly when he be dangerous. That's when he ended up getting shot. Yeah. And that's a step they're going to be very willing to, to take. Of course, they've gotten very good at dismantling and destroying someone without taking their life. I mean, Martin Luther King, he became a martyr. That's bad. That's bad. You don't want to create martyrs. Uh, so they become really good. Let's, let's be honest. If he's lived today, he'd be stuck in England in a prison trying to avoid extradition to yeah. the United States. But they become really, really capable of destroying your reputation. You know, they, they control so much information now. The shit Google knows about me. I mean, the things I can make a deep fake voice of you sound like, yeah. it's going to say things like, oh, maybe like we should do terrorist shit. <laughs> <laughs> I could like fake an entire podcast of <laughs> But yeah, so that that's another thing. I'll just one quick note about that because like I said, uh, before they kill us, they're gonna destroy us and make people want to not follow us. So I think one necessary yeah. step for any you know future Martin Luther King, future great leader for this movement we're talking about, that person or those people, I think they're gonna just have to embrace the fact that, hey, there, there's going to be released some shit about me, and yeah, and, and, I mean, and it's we, gonna be true, a bunch of it, and because we all seeing, have dark sides. We're seeing stage one of this now with Greta Thunberg. Yeah, they're playing the clip where she cursed over and over again. They're talking about how the things she's saying are not productive. That this is not that we need the result. That she should focus more and try and enter politics to work to make change instead mm. of just yelling from the sidelines. And uh, if she continues to yell the right words, you will see that rhetoric upped and uh, they will start digging a bit here and digging a bit here and 
do what they can to discredit her. Yeah. And you don't even have to, you know, make shit up because we all have, you know, dark sides. We all have shadows. We all have skeletons in our closet. I don't share your internet history. That's all I'm <laughs> going to say. Yeah, but we all have that. So I think the, the future leaders of tomorrow, uh, the leaders of our future, they're just going to have to accept that, yeah, yeah, that tickle fetish I have on Pornhub, you're going to know about that shit. You shut your mouth, Matthew. <laughs> I would ha- this hypothetical leader in the future, this hypothetical fetish, is something they'll have to deal with. This hypothetical, hypothetical thing. Hypothetically. All I'm saying is adding ratty outs. I need to delete that search history. It's been too long. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. But yeah, uh, my what I what I was building to was if we reach this point where they start, you know, seriously discrediting people or even worse, assassinating people. At that point, that's the point where I think that we can in... It's hard to say say these words, but that's the point where I think we can, in good conscience, actually start declaring open war on the billionaire class. And that's the point where violence will have to be... will be necessary. Well, I would say we should, you know, at least metaphorically declare war now, but yeah, of the, course. The, the, the way we should, I, I mean... I don't even think in terms of violence that that's productive. And I don't mean, you know, unproductive as it's in... It's not productive, like, but... As in, you know, like, oh, that's bad or oh, that's... But I mean, if if you want to, like... If you want to make a billionaire bleed, you don't go for his blood, you go for his wallet. Of course. But if they take away your means of hurting him financially, then, like I said earlier, the one thing every single human on this planet has in common still is the fact that we only have one life to live. And while I hope we don't have to go to that step, if it comes to it, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Rupert Murdoch, all these cunts, they still care about their lives and all that money they've hoarded, all that all that money that those dragons have hoarded, it's not going to mean anything in the afterlife. And they know that. Their life means more to them than anything. I think a, a close second is their uh, legacy. <laughs> yeah, they care a lot about their legacy. But if they knew that, hey, if I step outside my mansion today, or <laughs> if I go out in the open on my yacht, I might get shot. That's something they're gonna have to. They they have they will need to make changes to their lives in order to accommodate those situations. S- and strangely enough, as this might sound, I actually think. They they fear economically loss more than their own life. I think they would but, be they, yeah, would, they you... would be more afraid of having like sure their, all their factories shut down than yeah. getting somebody on their door with a gun. Yeah, and of course, I, what I, I I'm not saying like I said this is the final step. Like this is the no other option. We're fucked unless we Are do we this. Back step. to the final solution again. <laughs> final solution. That's the episode title. The final solution. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, but like I said, political violence is always a bad idea. It's never been a good thing when political violence has happened. Even when the the uh, the eventual outcome is a good one. It's never good. And we should strive to avoid it at all costs. But if we have to choose between their a few, a few of their lives versus every single one of ours... That's All I'm saying is that you can't throw a tea party without hurting some British officers. Yeah, you gotta t- 
toss some tea in the sea. But like you said, you're absolutely right. The best way to hurt these people is to hurt them financially. And we don't need to kill them in order to beat them. All we need is for everyone to just stop going to work. Everything they have of value was created by you and me, by us. Yeah, enjoy yeah. it while they still don't have robots. They haven't created shit and they never will. What what, what do they create? They create more means Jobs. of yeah, more means of hoarding wealth for themselves. Systems, that's what they create. So if we stop working for them, stop producing, stop laboring for them, they won't have anything. The problem is you you're likely always going to have a few, you know, uh, should we go darker? Class traders? <laughs> You're always going to have a few desperate people who are going to choose to act selfishly and, you know, bend their neck for the billionaires. I mean, it's and not work for them. so much about that. But if enough of us... It's about how we get served information. You know, people believe what they believe and they feel what they are feeling. Yeah, but it's unavoidable. I mean, if your family is starving and, some, and Jeff Bezos come comes to you and say, hey, can you carry some boxes in the Amazon warehouse? I'll make sure your family's fed. There are always going to be people who are going to say, yeah, sure. But if enough of us realize, you know, the need to, to go on strike, to refuse to act, to confiscate their, uh, their, um, confiscate their, uh, oh, what's the word? Uh, Wealth? Yeah, confiscate their shit. Take their shit. If enough of us do that, we're going to win. Listen to this comedy talking about how he wants to take other people's shit. <laughs> That's ironic because, you know, the talking point from the far right is communist just wants to take shit from other people. And yeah, you're, you're right. I, I want your shit to not be your shit anymore. I want it to be our shit. It's true. <laughs> it's perfectly true. I want to take it away from you, Jeff, Elon, <sighs> Rupert. And hopefully not hurting the globe in the process. Yeah. Wow, did we just, Matthew, did we just save an episode where we encouraged terrorism? <laughs> I think we got off. I think we got off scot-free. We can, we can post this, right? Right. This would be fine. Hey, why is, the, does this jacket say FB? Oh my God! <laughs> they don't uh, have jurisdiction here, but they're still coming. What would the FBI of Norway be? Is that the PST? I mean, they would yeah. probably be the ones showing up, considering we're talking about rich people and people in power. Yeah, true, true. But, uh... Well, I think this is it. We need change. Yeah. We need, Viva uh, la revolution. And, uh... Yeah, stop shitting on Greta Thunberg, man. Yeah, things will be burning soon, and hopefully it will not be the planet. Mm. Okay, guys. Uh, talk later. Hopefully not in two months. <laughs> See ya.